Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Comic Relief and Acast are teaming up to bring your favorite podcasts together for the Red Nose Day podcast mashup. Your favorite podcasts smashed together, like Menus to be Buried with, which is Off Menu with Ed Gamble and James Acaster, and Films to be Buried with with Brett Goldstein, or... Hip-Hop Save the Horn Section, the Horn Section with Alex Horn, with Hip-Hop Save My Life by Ramesh Ranganathan. Expect the unexpected, and don't forget to donate. Hello everybody and welcome to Toaster Questions Everything, a special one-off podcast mashup for Red Nose Day. I'm Dane Baptiste, comedian, writer and occasional actor, and the host of Dane Baptiste Questions Everything podcast. And I'm Tom Price, uh, comedian, writer as well, and I make the podcast My Mate Bought a Toaster. Now Acast are bringing you a one-off series of Red Nose Day podcast mashups. Turn up the volume, obviously, but keep it in the amber bit, maybe. Don't go to the red bit, because they do, they colour code the volumes now. So let's let's forget taking this to 11. Let's take this to amber. Okay? That's what I'd like you to do. Uh, because a better future can start now. I'm Howard, Dane's producer and co-host of the Question Everything podcast. Get involved this Red Nose Day and help people living incredibly tough lives. That's right, because right now your donation has the power to take action against domestic abuse, help reduce mental health stigma, provide safety to families who need support, and help to give children the best start in life. Yes, head over to comicrelief.com slash podcast mashup, comicrelief.com slash podcast mashup to give whatever you can right now. So... There you go. Let's get on with the show, eh? For listeners of Tom's podcast, uh, Dane Baptiste Questions Everything is a show where me and Dane and a series of special guests pose all sorts of questions that need to be asked, uh, from serious stuff to the sillier things in life. Uh, isn't that right, Dane? That's right, Howard. No question is too big, too small, too highbrow, too lowbrow, too intelligent or lowest common denominator we answer all the questions because we believe that you first step to changing your reality is to question it what about you tom well my podcast is all about what we buy on amazon and the reason i use amazon is not because there's any commercial tie-up yet fingers crossed i'm really hoping those tax dodging guys come for me because i'm ready to take their dollar jeff if you're listening big fan so the reason i use amazon is because the way that so many people just buy stuff like it's the most instant gratification uh, you have an idea about a thing and, and within 30 seconds your thumb is scrolling and buying it you barely register that you've just gone online and bought a weird cereal that you once had in America or you know a spare football or some tennis balls for dogs like it's so random the stuff you can buy and it's so instantaneous and in that I think there's really obviously it's really good comedy because people buy random stuff but also on a serious note which is not how you should start a comedy podcast I really enjoy pointing out to people that you, we, we buy so much stuff we don't read so much stuff we don't use like it's kind of an anti-commerce podcast a bit as well we're trying to get people to take a look and go oh my god I've, I've for example Alex Zane I'm happy to name and shame in one year he bought 360 items in a year on Amazon fucking hell That's right one thing every single day <laughs> thanks mate <laughs> that's that's one thing for every point on a on a on a perfect circle 
There you, there you go. Perfect. He literally Perfect. came full circle with his purchasing behaviour. Oh, Vorderman-esque. Vorderman-esque. So is that thing of just trying to sort of make people uh, realise... Question themselves and yeah. their purchasing habits. Yeah. You can see the, the Venn diagram of these podcasts, guys. It's almost like these have been mashed up quite nicely. Like, this is this feels like a good mashup. You know what I mean? Oh, it's perfect. Well, and, and yeah. as, as the producer, uh, I thought we'd use the format of Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, but make all our questions centred around what we've bought on Amazon so that so the podcast will entwine. Uh, does that sound good? Yeah, I mean, I'm not used to having a producer, so I'm feeling highly aroused right now. <laughs> what, what can you do, Howard? Can I can I get some food? Uh, yeah, just let me know if you need tea and I can get it to you on Deliveroo or something, I suppose. Or Genuinely, um... genuinely, yes. That would be great. Thanks, mate. Thanks so much. Um, I think Howard keeps missing... You keep missing all of these tea hints. He's really thirsty, Howard. <laughs> Someone dropped several hints like water. Minus sip. Is there a brew going? Can I hear a kettle in the background? He wants the tea. And Howard is ignoring them. <laughs> well, well, why are, while I go on my phone to try and work out Tom's personal address and if he can get Deliveroo, um, it's probably time for a question, isn't it, Dane? As this mashup format dictates. Absolutely. Uh, as a mashup podcast for the purposes of comic relief, we encourage uh, well-being and unity. And as a result, as our very esteemed guest, Tom, we invite you to ask the first question, which can be based upon the purchasing behaviour of human beings or any sentient being or any question you'd like or which we'd like to discuss for 15 minutes or some change, then how we'll ask a question. Uh, also uh, loosely linked to the purchasing behaviour of human beings on Amazon. And then, hopefully, while the Amazon is still available, the real-life one, I will ask a question which we'll discuss for 15 minutes. And then both of our unified listeners can find out where they can find out more about us, our work. Uh, and then they can all sit and uh, take on the magnitude of this amazing unity between both podcasts in a glorious <laughs> setup for the purposes of comic relief. Whoa. So, therefore, no pressure, though, Tom. We, uh, can I get that on a shirt? That was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you can find that on Amazon if you look hard enough. <laughs> there you go. Well, listen, what I'm going to do, and as is a uh, uh, usual uh, tradition on My Mate Bought a Toaster, the first thing I do is I just dive into your purchase history. Now, Dane, uh, you were a guest on Series 1 of My Mate Bought a Toaster. And in fact, a bit of your episode made it onto various trails because it was so brilliant. So I'm going to I'm gonna start and remind uh, my listeners who were here for Series 1 of something you bought, uh, which it was getting towards the end of the episode and it was a great episode and then suddenly it just kicked on because you purchased a cherry tree furniture black pu leather bed frame right so a leather bed Ooh. frame hang on howard i mean already your reaction is beautiful with an underbed led <laughs> i've got it in front of me fucking dane are you using this is this going on i had used it um up until i moved a uh, house and then I bequeathed said bed to my former housemate where it continues to tantalize uh, 80s 80s, uh, upholstery or 80s interior decorators and uh, Miami drug lords alike. What I would say is that it has it comes with a remote control for the LED light. So what I'm hoping you did is not tell the person who now has the bed that it's got the LED light. Then you can sneak up to the window with the remote control and just start putting the lights on at various points during the night. Is that you know me too well? So then and it tends to go. It, the light will change to white at Christmas time, green for <laughs> Halloween, and then a bloody bloody red. Yeah. Whenever you know he needs to get out Amityville style. Yeah. So I'm still being had by proxy, but you know. <laughs> 
It's um, it, it, it was just a it was a great purchase, and it, it just it, I still giggle about it. I still talk about it a lot. In fact, when people ask me about the podcast, and I try and sort of portray how uh, we tell the story of people's lives through the things they buy, and I will say, oh yeah, Dame Baptiste, I know everything about that guy because he had an LED. <laughs> Like you know, you get those those cars in supermarkets. They all in supermarket car parks. Everyone meets up at exactly. Nighttime. Like, and that's what I was going for. I couldn't get a car like that at the time, but my bed could be like that. So I'm like, not only am I enjoying my dreams, I'm drift racing within said dreams. Like yeah, other yeah, people yeah. run or fly towards their dreams, but I'm putting on nos like I'm Vin Diesel <laughs> as I've hurtled towards my dreams with law enforcement right behind me. It's also great because you're not going to lose anything under that bed. Do you know what I mean? You no need for a phone torch. There you go, exactly. And so, you know, it really allows you to take accountability for yourself all the time and it reminds you that things can't be swept under the rug. Right, <laughs> right. It reminded, it reminded me of, um, of, you know, those moments in, in films where people kind of put the, the light bulb in that's like the red light bulb because it's going to be kind of like a sexy night. Yeah. Um, and um, you just have it built into your bed, which is <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Pretty, I think it's yeah. very suggestive. Does that mean that I benefit or does it mean that I'm happily facilitating a safe space for a, a Pixar style Toy Story orgy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A Toy Story. A Toy Story. That's interesting. <laughs> Come on. I've fo- that Forky is hot. Um, uh, so, so my question then, which I suspect you're inching towards, and this is obviously the part of your podcast that has to kick in here, is what item in your bedroom defines you in one fell swoop what one thing if someone was to walk into your bedroom makes them go that in a nutshell that is howard right there that is tom right there <laughs> that is, do you know what i mean because our bedrooms like you say they are a safe space and that is the that is a spot where we can have something and create a little bit of ourselves and maybe it's maybe it's something as mundane as all the all the clothes are on the floor. I'm just a messy fucker. Or maybe there's something, some item that's just a little bit more telling. Yeah, it's really interesting, and 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 for me, quite a relief actually, Tom, because I thought you were going to want to go through my Amazon history, and it's boring as fuck. Um, so um, I don't think you would have got much joy out of that. It's literally, just vitamins and lip balm, uh, as far as I can now, tell. Now, now uh, that all all goes towards an algorithm. So. <laughs> You have to bear in mind, Howard, what always happens on My Mate Bought a Toaster is people go, people always say, oh, it's really boring. But then I go all therapist and then I'll be like, yeah, but Howard, why do you have dry lips? (laughs) What happened? What happened? (laughs) It's an interesting point. I mean, for me, it's literally Benadryl, lip balm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nothing. It's it's very dark. Have you always suffered Um, with dry lips? Yeah, this time of year, it usually kicks in, doesn't it? Yeah, I usually have a little bit of 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 a kind of chapped... Is it possible that said uh, lip balm is drying the lips out more, creating an endless cycle of dependency upon petrochemical-based cosmetics? I've thought that for years. I've thought that for years. Yeah, Yeah. it's just a con, isn't it? Just a con to make me keep buying this know, I mean, you've also referred to, like, you know, over-the-counter, like, cold and flu uh, remedies, which, again, key component being ibuprofen and sugar and caffeine and phenylalanine, which means you take it at the height of your infection, all it does is keep you boosted up and... Mm. Really, if it was that effective, you wouldn't have to go back and buy more of it. So yeah. just write it out, um, man. But the, go, out. going back to your question, uh, Tom, yes. about what item in my bedroom defines me, yes. I think it's very easy for me to say, which is that it is a television that I have had since about 2007. It's a very, very small television. It's a, probably the size of a laptop. 
uh, which kind of defeats the purpose, really, in some ways. But I suppose I don't have to open it and have it on my bed. Um, but um, the remote control, uh, only one button on it works, which Lovely. is the um, turn it on button. Delicious. And I have a little Apple TV attached to it, which controls the television so I can watch my um, nonsense until whatever hour in the morning. And it's just the fact that it's still working, the fact that I have no aesthetic, uh, materialistic desire to replace it. Mm. It's it looks it looks ridiculous. It looks just it's just a piece of shit. It's just awful, <laughs> you know by TV standard today by 2021 TV standards you wouldn't you know you wouldn't I could have to pay you to take it away. Well, those old TVs have really held on because th- all thanks to HDMI. If they've got an HDMI in, the, those old TVs aren't going anywhere, man. If I can HDMI in just a little bit of, uh, of Amazon, like one of those Fire devices or an Apple TV, they're going to stay going. They're going to keep going for years, man. Years and years. I like the idea, though. I don't want them just to be thrown out because they're obsolete, unless they can kind of be recycled. I like the idea in the same way that, like, you know, you get people who set up TVs on their lawn and stuff, and you see people, like, on their porches watching TV in, like, rural southern states or, like, Skid Row. Maybe, like, years later down the line, people will be like, is that a flat-screen TV? (laughs) (laughs) Retro. It's like a isn't it? Yeah, of course. All right, fair enough. But, like, even then, like, broadcasting with a wire, man, that takes me back. (laughs) <laughs> so so that would be my thing and then Tom also I've actually got um original yeah. original Star Wars figurines um in your bedroom not in the in my bedroom um they're just in the corner and uh, occasionally I look at Han Solo or right. Boba Fett and just think and do you, do you have a uh, do you have a life partner who shares your room with you Howard so uh Tom you should have listened uh, early in the series of Dane Baptiste question <laughs> everything in episode with KG the comedian where it is revealed that me and my wife have found um happiness not sharing bedrooms and um, this has been a repeating storyline across many episodes of Dane Baptiste questions everything uh, as Dane supports me many other comedians mock me um, and that's fine, isn't it, Dane? I, I, I really think it's mind. completely fine. I think yeah, yeah. you're the only people paying the mortgage in the house. You do, you, you, you decide. Yeah, it's actually become a thing. I think it's called sleep um, sleep divorce or something like that. Um, my my wife was telling me about it last night. It's become like an article thing. Should sleep, uh, it should be more of a like a, a bed. Who's got custody of the bed? Like maybe your <laughs> wife gets it during the week, and then on weekends you get to spend time and have visitation with the said bed. But I think it works perfectly. Also, if Dylan and Tara shared a bed then you don't have to worry about anyone kicking you in the head when you're sleeping. Mm, exactly. True story. Also, it's quite aristocratic, isn't it? It's like the Queen and, and Prince Philip, you know, all they none of them share beds. They haven't for, forever. That's, that's, yeah. Oh, my wife's well, my wife's well posh as well, Tom. So yeah. There you go. So that's what she says to you as you're getting into bed next to her. Sorry, it's a class thing. Fuck off to the spare Basically. Room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like being, she's like being insane in Titanic. No, no, you'll crowd the boat. <laughs> <laughs> what what I am would 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 define your bedroom, your personality in your bedroom, Dane? Oh, it's a good question. Uh have you got yours in mind, Tom? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I try to keep my bed not my bedroom not particularly cluttered because I grew up in a, a household where people were had some mild issues with the hoarding, but I would say I've got like a a multi USB plug. Oh yeah, and I think that defines Ooh. me because I uh, have a certain element of ADHD, and I like to be massively stimulated a lot of the time. And doesn't necessarily mean that need that to happen in my bedroom, but when I do wake up and I do have a thirst for knowledge, I like want to be able to have my phone at my fingertips so I can find out news trends. Want to be able to have access to a light if I want to read something. Normally with a book as well, uh, or a Kindle, or any uh, source of power which will allow me to have information, I kind of need that straight away. And because I do travel a lot, 
I do have a plug which is kind of has a universal adapter and stuff, so I can always pick it up with USBs and I can plug that in somewhere else. And if I need to charge my phone in between places or any kind of razor, uh, electric razor, or just having a lamp, uh, which can also be portable, uh, or charging a vape, then mm. having the multi USB thing at my convenience, which is uh, can work in all countries in the EU and in Asia, is a uh, probably my useful, most useful gadget when it comes to my my current lifestyle. I'm really happy that we've really leaned hard on some of our favourite ports so far. We've done HDMI. It's a classic port, oh, HDMI. SCART is long HDMI. gone, mate. SCART can absolutely fucking do it. Uh, rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace. Right, I, was, I, preferred, I preferred it to the three AV, the, the AV jobs. Oh, sure. What was the yellow one for? What was the yellow one for? That never went in. Yeah. Do you remember that? Never yeah, went in, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Maddening, but but the USB port. I mean, what? Yeah, uh, some sort of uh, uh, USB um, selection in front of you because you know you need your knowledge. Knowledge is power, yes. but knowledge needs power as well, Dave. And that is a knowledge needs power, and also it also allows me. Knowledge is power, but I like to think that uh, when it comes to that, I'm somewhat of a knowledge socialist. And so, if I have a visitor and they're like, "Can I charge my phone?" I can be like, "Well, of course you can." Mm-hmm. Whether you have Android <laughs> or iPhone. Whatever the hell Huawei has Very generous. for a charger. Very generous. Always welcome. Have you guys bought one of those like long meter length uh, phone leads so you can, when you're in bed... I'm not a whore, can... Howard. <laughs> <laughs> can, I be, can I be brutally honest? I sometimes, right, this is possibly the first time I've ever uh, voiced this concern. When friends come over Good. and say, can I, can I charge my device? There is a very small part. I'm really tight. And a very small part of me goes... Fuck's sake, guys. Should have done that before you... That, do you know what I mean? Or, or maybe part of yeah. me thinks I'm being quite generous when I, I give them access to my electricity because I'm literally, I'm literally giving them... I'm on what? Charging a phone, it's like 15, 20p possibly? Maybe it's less it's, than I, I, It's a good point. What I do, <laughs> I, I, I like to think of uh, USBs and charging paraphernalia, Tom, almost as if they're kind of like uh, crockery. So, yes. for example, there's like the good china... <laughs> That's like yes. the, that's the white yeah. stuff, right? That's like the Apple iPhones. That's the stuff where the fucking lead is like spaghetti and I can't just give it to anybody because all you got to do is pick up your phone harshly enough and I've ruined my charger and I've got to pay seven pounds <laughs> for a new one. Yeah, so well, instead, yeah. well, I give them other mugs and the plastic cup of You too, honestly. Leads, leads mm. that can charge any USB thing. Like this yeah. would have worked on a fucking Siemens from 1997. <laughs> I don't care. You can use it. Where was it? In a dog penis. You asked to charge your phone. So that's like you're giving that. them the sports direct mug, like when yeah, the I give them the sports direct mm, mug. Yeah, you know, no saucer, no matching crockery. Mm. Yeah, you know, I'm like giving them the cutlery with the different coloured like hilts and stuff. Like, you know, <laughs> where's that from? Summer camp. I don't care. Just, are you hungry or not? So that's yeah. how I get around that. Yeah, okay, that's nice. Gotta be honest, guys. I wouldn't ask people over. I just wouldn't that bother. Is sensible. In, in, <laughs> yeah, I wonder, yeah, I I wonder bother. if I've, I wonder if we've spent more money on electricity. We must have during lockdown. We must have, because oh, yeah. I walk around the house switching lights off all the fuck. Even when there's kids in the room, I'm like, screw it. Just, you know, eat yeah. more carrots. Good luck Sit in the you. dark, you little, yeah. Yeah, they didn't work yeah. out like, they didn't um, some night vision. I think I've definitely used electricity a lot more. I think probably uh, motions, I imagine motion sensors have probably picked up in sales on somewhere like Amazon by now, Tom. What do you think? Oh, man. Because, you know, it's a way of saving, it isn't it? It's got I mean, genuinely, we've got a, uh, there's a motion sensor in our downstairs toilet now, right? And the the reason I installed it is because too many people were uh, using the downstairs toilet to go for poos. And if you do a poo in the understairs toilet, you're stinking out serious living areas, right? So yeah. I, put, I genuinely did this. I put a motion sensor light in there, which goes off after like 10 seconds. So if you're sitting down to do a poo and the light goes off, it's quite a disincentive. Having a, I don't know if you've ever pooed in the dark, guys. It's not... 
I have. It's not the best, but then at the same time, needs must. Right, right. <laughs> the, problem, the, problem with, the problem with having your vision deprived when you're going to the toilet, it means your other senses become heightened. That's it, and you don't want that That's, sometimes. Yeah, you don't want that. You don't, you don't want, want that. You're yeah. like, God damn it. How many patties are in that burger? Ugh. Right. <laughs> I once wrote a sketch. I once wrote, wrote a comedy sketch with a friend called Pooing in the Dark, and it was a, and had a whole song about it. Um, but I could probably find that at some point and share it with the listeners. You, that's uh, good. Good good uh, content for the Patreon, mate. <laughs> Keep it for the Patreon. Sometimes, sometimes I will sit there, and if I do, maybe late at night when everyone else has gone to bed, maybe I will have a little cheeky poo downstairs in the downstairs toilet. And because the timer goes off after 10 seconds, I will be mid-poo and I'll stop flailing my arms to, nice. to, to trigger the light. Because otherwise, you're right, the senses the old, the old, go up. You're reverse twerk. Your bum's sitting down but your arms are going... <laughs> <laughs> now, t- now, Tom, yes. uh, as the asker of this question, yes. uh, we obviously want to know, we've had, had, had USB adapter um, things from Dane and a, and, a, and a shitty old TV from me. What in your bedroom defines you? Uh, it's a really shit old rocking chair. And it, it belonged to my mum and she gave it to me when I moved into my own flat in 2001. And I have never used it. It's too old and rickety to be sat on. Like you, you can't. You literally cannot sit on it because it would, it would just collapse. Mm. Um, that phrase, that phrase, too old and rickety to be, be, to be sat on. Is that something that applies to you personally? Very or? much so. Very much so. Yeah, <laughs> sit on it and it will complain and make awful noises. Um, <laughs> and uh, because the uh, the seated area, the area for the bottom, is at an angle, as as is the want of a rocking chair, you can't use it as a chair drobe. You can't put clothes on it because the clothes slide straight off. So it it provides no practical use aesthetically it looks horrible because it's just really old but and here's the here's the sort of drilling deep into my sort of inner personality i've kept it out of this kind of always sticking to family tradition this idea that it's a bit of family furniture belong to Mm. my mum and this sort of I, i don't know carrying the weight of of your relatives around with you when you move and it's moved sure enough from flat to flat to flat to house all along the years and this is absolutely true about six months ago i mentioned it to my mom i haven't spoken about the rocking chair to my mom for years every day before i go to bed every night it's pretty much the last thing i see i see that that's right next to my bed i'm like a fucking rocking chair every day right it pisses me off my fucking family and that piece of wood and i spoke to my mom and said so whose was it was it my grandmother's was it my grandfather's where did it come from and she went no i got it from a charity shop about a year before you got it (laughs) (laughs) oh no for the perfect journey of family members you're like this thing really needs to fucking go it's been in our family for years you've got to leave it tom but it's useless it doesn't even have a use but it's been here as long as you have it's been a part of this household since you've been here (laughs) but it's shit but it's been here from the beginning fine i accept it wait Ah, it's not even a member of this family. <laughs> exactly. Isn't that just the EastEnders Christmas special in a nutshell? <laughs> 20 years you've been in a rocking chair. Turns out you're not even family. It's true though, isn't it? This is what we do. We, we carry these physical items as if they are as mm. important as people. We get so attached to them. It's insane. Exactly. Mm. And the important yeah. thing is to remember people and that link rather than things. Because if you said to your mum, why is this, is this still here 10 years ago? She'd have been like, I don't know, if I had that cherry shop. You'd have been like, well, fuck this piece of firewood. But now... Now I'm well, stuck with it because it's, it's done... Tenure. Yeah, it's done 20 years with me. So it's done enough time with me that I've got and I keep it because of me. Whereas exactly right, 10 years ago, the maths would have been on my side. Oh, well. But now 20 years, I'm like, anything that's 20 years old, you have to kind of... the whole generation now, man. It's not, it's not as easy as that. Can't get rid of it now. And my kids are probably going to end up with this bloody thing. 
That well, but so they should. You know, <laughs> yes, yes. You, you had to you went through it, and so they have to go through it too. I think you're Some right. Some things just can't be explained, kids. Take <laughs> yes. the damn chair. It doesn't. It, it, why is it called a rock? It doesn't even rock. You know what? You know what, kids? I never spoke to my mother this way. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't sit on it never sit on it have a great life and yeah, you, never, it will, you, it will give you splinters I understand Tom I have I've got friends and family members who have entire rooms dedicated to nothing other than the, the, the pageantry of it like yes. friends who have plastic is still over the sofas so they oh. buy all this furniture without anybody planning to actually sit in it and using it my mother has glassware from her wedding that right. she still hasn't used. Right. Wow. The inheritance yeah. of our, our emotional baggage, you know, we all sort of, these days, we spend a lot of time looking into that and sort of digging into that, and that's a very healthy thing. But I don't think we spend enough time looking at the inheritance of our physical baggage, actually looking at this stuff and going, what? I mean, I guess maybe this was part of the, does it bring me joy? Uh, what's the name? The woman who cleared did that book where everyone has to get rid of everything. What's it called? I forgot what it's called. You could, uh, none of you guys did this clearly. I'm aware, I'm aware, I'm aware of the web series. Yeah. Um, so that, that's a great uh, question, though, isn't it, Dane? It really uh, we've managed to get some good some good intel about our bedrooms that's out of that. That made me remind me that I miss my bed. <laughs> but you're doing this podcast from your bed. What are you talking about? Oh, this, is, this is a sofa bed. It's not the same. I mean, <laughs> it's big and comfortable, but it hasn't got the character as an uh, old... Uh, Nighttime Rider, as it was called. Mm, cool. Oh, <laughs> oh, the memories are back. Oh, God. Yeah, the old good night rider, as I used to call it. Me old, me old I'd say light a candle for it, but light an LED light for it, if you can. I will do. <laughs> My question on today's show, uh, this wonderful comic relief mashup special, is, um, well, it's actually taking you back to a time when maybe you cared about the things you bought. I like to think that we don't really care about... I don't, I don't give a shit about anything I buy now, really. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. it's whatever, vitamins and fucking lip balm. I don't, yeah. Anyway, there was a time when you were a kid... Buying things was a fucking amazing thing. Do you remember, you know, Argos catalogs and and giving a shit about what you bought from the, the the news agent and all of that? It was an exciting time. So my question to you both is: When you were a child, what rush of buying something do you wish you could experience again? And I'll go to Tom first. Is there something from your youth that you think back and you go, God, that was. That was a thrill. I just love to have that again. Yeah, I think you're right. That's what we spend the rest of our lives. That that imprints on us, doesn't it? That moment when we're kids. And we spend the rest of our lives chasing that endorphin rush and we never quite hit that again. Um, for me, it was a simple thing. It was a pencil case. It was a pencil case for... <laughs> I mean, it's pathetic, isn't it? Nice. It was two ninety nine, and it was decorated with pictures of stationery. So like, I had like a ruler on it and a picture of a pen. Pretty sort hmm. of simple. But... It was, and it, it it was, yeah, it had all the stuff in it. It came with all the stuff in it. And I bought it from the um, local news agents, Henderson's in Monmouth Town in South Wales. And I was just. Shout out, shout out. Big shout out to those guys. <laughs> Henderson's closed in 1998, RIP. Um, just, I mean, absolutely upset. I always liked stationery. The other thing that, that really resonates with this was the. Um, the Dennis the Menace Club. Did you guys, were you guys Beano readers when you were younger or, or more recently? Oh, yeah. More, more of a dandy man myself. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, yeah. I mean, I, so, so many of my issues are desperate down the lane. Just that jawline. No one's ever going to get that. You're never <laughs> yeah. going to attain that jawline. It's not possible. Beautiful jaw. And I keep trying to make cow pie and I can't get the horns to stay in the pay tree. <laughs> it's... it's 
and I, I used to look at the Beano every week and I'd look at that middle bit with, actually, no, the Bash Street Kids was in the middle. Anyway, there'd always be an advert for the um, uh, Dennis and Ganesha and Ganipa Club. And it, and it had pictures <laughs> of all the things that you'd get, the badges and the pencil and the stuff. And I would, I would pour over it for, mm. do you know, like really, it's, I don't look at stuff enough in detail like that anymore. I've got ADHD, my life's packed. I'm always moving on to something else. But back then, like I would properly look at a picture of a pencil mm. and uh, take all in the, the shape of it, the color of it and everything. And, and it took weeks for it to arrive. I don't think I took any pleasure from it when it actually arrived, actually. I think it was the looking at the picture of it and knowing it was heading to me. The anticipation was way more delicious. And there's a life lesson for you oh, yeah. in the actual thing. That's a, I mean, what a, I mean, Tom, respect because that's a brilliant answer. I mean, I think my answer. I'll, I'll come. I'll come to you and give you a bit more time, Dane. But the my answer is definitely, definitely in the Nintendo sixty four. Oh. And I think what's actually kind of what's kind of weird about you that. What about yourself? So this is this is this is why it has significance in my life. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little spiel. But the the the. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. The, how old were we then? I, I would have been about 15, 16 when that came out, I reckon. And and my dear friend, uh, Kieran Moran, uh, who lives in Barcelona now, had it. And I played it at his house and we played Goldeneye and, and Pro Evolution, which at the time was ISS, if you remember it being called ISS. Mm, yes. Um, and Mario Kart. And it was the best thing ever, right? Goldeneye is still regarded was, as one of the best games ever, isn't it? On, on the 64. Yeah, just... Just, just, just. It was, it was a different level because the controller felt kind of more ergonomic than maybe controllers had felt before. And also, we're forgetting actually. Sorry, the 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 one player Mario game, uh, Mario sixty four, uh, was fucking incredible. Three D, right? Looking around, it became three D. Yeah, yeah it was f- f- exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and and so everyone wanted that, right? Everyone wanted the N sixty four, and I wanted it. And I drove my dad, uh, God rest his soul fucking mad about it and <laughs> i on it honestly this story is a slightly uh slightly bizarre one but like i drove him mad and, and people have to remember at the time the games were 65 quid which oh, is yeah. mental that is mental the thing itself was about 150 right oh. maybe 200 i think for the console yeah but, one but the games were 60 super expensive it's like i mean it's one of those things where i was like who can afford this michael jackson macaulay culkin and maybe fred savage <laughs> Of one year's fame, who else can afford it? Yeah, in that era, that's all we had. Legends, all of them. All of them. Yeah, of course. And they're all, and, and actually, they're all coming on the podcast next week. If anyone's, <laughs> interested. Um, but um, but no. So I had this scenario where you know I I, I obviously really wanted. It. I drove my dad mad about it, and I was like, I'm going to sell my Dreamcast. 
Those were expensive. Those were expensive, the Dreamcast, weren't they? Dream And Dreamcast was fucking badass, man. You had um, MSR Racing and Soul Calibur. So I just, just stuck with that. They really. were on Arsenal but, shirts, um, weren't they, Dreamcast? That was an Arsenal. Yeah, yeah they, they were. Yeah, yeah, correct. Uh, correct. Uh, Arsenal. Yeah, Dreamcast, yeah. um, yeah, that was a good console. It was a great console, Dane. I loved it. Fucking honestly, go back to Soul Calibur. That was a badass Marvel game. Marvel vs. Capcom 2 is that one of the best fighting games ever? That was on a. So- the Dreamcast sold sold my Dreamcast wow. <laughs> in the local paper. Um, had the, like half the money for for the uh, you know I, all I wanted was ISS. I think all I wanted actually was ISS and um, uh, uh, and and the console. I didn't even want Goldeneye. And so anyway, I managed to convince my dad to find this money uh, that I need that I, that we needed, and I had it, and it was the dream come true. Uh, and you know what? I t- had many happy years with that console. Mm. The, the slight kicker is, and the reason I kind of was so kind of enthralled talking about it, and I, I, don't, I want to be interested to see what Dane says about his thing, is that I remember very much now around that period, my family being in incredible uh, financial problems. <laughs> Um, and you know, we had a nice house. Anyone who knew my family when we were growing up, we'd moved from a sm- quite a small house to quite a nice house because my dad had a good bit of time with his business. And then the recession hit, as many people will know, in the nineties. Yeah. And my dad was really strapped for cash. And actually, you know, like I say, you know, passed away many years ago. But God bless him, he still kind of wanted to give his son this thing that he clearly, you know, desperately wanted. So my dad fucking pulled out all the stops to make that happen. And um, you know, it probably made his paying the mortgage that month even harder. But um, it, it, it really was, it was... I think it was one of the last times I remember the innocence of it all yeah. because the innocence was killed after that because I realised you selfishly wanting this console has had impact on other things. And um, I probably grew up uh, after that purchase and have never really sp- desired anything since. <laughs> I've never really wanted anything. I don't want, as they know, I don't want to buy anything. That's actually true, yeah. It's true, though, because <laughs> you, you do get the moment that when you buy something big, do you get the wave of self-loathing that comes afterwards when you've done it and you just feel a bit sort of guilty? Yeah, buyer's remorse. Yeah, buyer's remorse. Right, right, yeah. right. That's the thing, isn't it? Sitting in the car with this 42-inch telly in the back seat, just like, oh, I wouldn't feel, remor- I wouldn't feel as remorseful if I just nicked the fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, because at least there's a risk versus reward. I, I remember I bought a car last year, and for the first month I couldn't sleep because I was like, "Why have you bought that car? Yes. Why have you got a car? <laughs> Someone's going to steal it. Someone gets stolen, and you're going to deserve it because you're an idiot. You're yes. a stupid flash idiot." Yes. So. Americans don't do that. We need to. We need to channel a, a kind of American vibe. You need to feel entitled and like you deserve these things. So true. I literally never buy any. I mean, I bought twenty four pounds worth of beef jerky a while ago and <laughs> and i really um and uh, i really you know quite enjoyed that jerky it was better quality than i can get in the supermarket and um you know i felt good value for money but i didn't feel guilt about it because that's about the most lavish thing i can tell you i've bought i mean it makes the idea that you and your wife share a separate bed so much more clearer knowing that you <laughs> have 24 pounds of cured meat, of cured meat i didn't eat it all at once day and i spread it out over the over a I week feel like how, whichever in, in whichever dose you ate in she would not have agreed with you sharing a bed even even more <laughs> no one's ever like jerky and now to sit down with a perfectly sealed stomach <laughs> <laughs> dane what's uh what thing from your childhood uh kind well, of really resonates as a so purchase? many things but i i would say uh what stands out the most would probably be i bought my first pair of air max 97s Mm. Uh, when I got a job at Iceland because I uh, didn't really look my age when I was younger and then got national insurance 
And when you're a young black kid in Southeast London, people are very reluctant to give you jobs anyway because no one really trusts you to work in retail, particularly if you want to work in a job you'd enjoy, like Virgin Mega Store or any kind of or Foot Locker or First Sport, which was another business at the time, uh, which kind of was in Shane Marcus and the JD Sports. That was very hard to get. Um, also, for some reason, I think I was one of the only one of my friends who was not offered a job at uh, Sainsbury's. So I used to work in Iceland, which actually turned out to be fine. I mean, it's seen as having a low market position in Sainsbury's, but I liked working in Iceland. It was a lot less uh, stress in terms of uniform, it was just a shirt and a pair of trousers. Uh, they had a lot more of a diverse uh, representation of uh, people that came. I'd never seen anyone from the trans community shopping in Sainsbury's, but they'd come every week in Iceland, which I enjoyed as well. And um, yeah, just super down to earth. And I didn't really need to talk to people. And what Iceland did different, I think instead of paying time and a half like Sainsbury's did for overtime, what Iceland would do is they wouldn't, but what they would do is that if you took a day off, they would uh, pay you for the day off. It's fine. So I like that pay structure. But I saved up, and they also paid week, they paid weekly, which I thought was very important. Mm. And I saved up and saved up. And then one day, my, aunt, my mother, so my mother and my father have the, uh, of the school that they will give you everything you need. But if you want something, you have to go, you have to work for it. But that being said, um, their idea of what I need is uh, very different to what I hmm. what, to what they think I need. So my parents wouldn't really buy me. I want to say they wouldn't buy me nice clothes. It's very important for them culturally that you look respectable and uh, you know presentable. But that doesn't mean that they have the same awareness of name brands that I do. My mother is there's thirty years between us, so she'd be like, "Well, Dane, I believe that Pierre Cardin is a very well reputed uh, retailer and a manufacturer of uh, shirts," and I'd be like. Do I look like I go? To, I wear shirts. I'm 14. Like, do you, do you look like my friends look at me to find out who made my shirt? Like, that's not who we are. Like, none of my friends are looking inside my blazer and being like, "Oh, Ralph Lauren, well done, Dane." <laughs> that's not what kids care about. So, you know, the Holy Trinity is uh, Nike and uh, Nike and Reebok, and maybe at the time, mm. maybe Adidas. So, mm. when I was growing up, the idea of wearing any other, anything other than those three trainers was just anathema. And so, I remember I was saving up to be able to pe- pretty much be able buy my first pair of Nike Air trainers because oh. uh, I'd been going through feeler and hand-me-downs up until that point. And it wasn't from a normal place. I had to go to uh, the outlet in Swindon. Oh, yeah. The outlet in Swindon. And uh, the only pair of trainers I was able to afford in my size that were Nike and any description were a pair of Air Max 97s, uh, which were like the ugliest colorway you've ever seen. <laughs> it kind of like what did the Air Max 97s you... look like then? What was their, what was their thing? Um, like big... They like they look like they've got like concentric like circles that go around the front. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so those are the sevens, and um, the colorway was really ugly. It kind of looked like, do you know, the reflection of like color, like a rainbow that you get like on a, a bubble. Mm. Mm. Nice. Sort of like a global like, you know, hyper color T-shirt. The color of a fly's compound eye. <laughs> like purpley greeny but goldish uh you can pretty much anywhere them with black to be fair they were very i mean and a lot of people thought they were very ugly but i was so happy to be able to afford a pair of nike trainers how much were they do you remember how much they were uh they probably at the time were reduced from 120 pounds like 70 pounds mm. and uh yeah most nike trainers of notes would cost like i think from 95s onwards like you're looking at about 70 80 pounds and oversized 10 adult sizes then it's gonna be over 100 yeah. so which to most people i talk about dunk trainers now this is nothing but like 
as a child teenager, like own, even owning a pair of like 110s, which are the MX 95s, was considered amazing. So, were you very precious about them when you got them back home? Oh. Were you like, do not touch them. I'm going to wear them only, you know. I was on special occasions. Yeah. I was ecstatic about the idea of being able to wear this in public because, like, you know, I always thought that was a point of shame uh, initially for trainers and uh, being able to afford my first pair. Mm. It meant everything to me. I was like, like you know, I, as we, we talk about materialism, I think especially for young kids, especially kids from any, from impoverished backgrounds, like material possessions or materialism is a, lot, a big part of how they define their existence. Yeah. And it's normally their way of uh, demonstrating wealth just because obviously everyone has a very limited understanding of it. And, you know, you see now where the idea of being a hype beast and reselling and dead stock markets have become, how lucrative they've become in terms of streetwear. So, I mean, these trainers probably, they can still sell now, I imagine, because I think even Skepta, MC Skepta did use the 97s as well for a new, for a collaborative campaign. Yeah. But for me, like, I just remember just growing up my whole life and my mother, mother not familiar me a pair of trainers. I have cousins who are old, taller than me, but younger than me, so she'd be happy to take hand-me-downs from my younger cousins and give them to me. Um, the only time I'd normally be able to have a pair of trainers would be, of any note would be when we went to the States and we'd go to... Uh, like a sneaker kind of warehouse or like outlet. No, oh, of course. And yeah. I'd be allowed to buy a pair of trainers. So this was like the first time I was able to buy trainers at the time that I wanted of my own volition. And uh, I now have in front of me, one, two, three, four, five, 14 <laughs> pairs of trainers. There's about 21 pairs of trainers in this house alone. Um, wow. To be fair though, 21 of you do live in that house. So, you know, you have got, yeah, exactly. got 20 so, flat so I have now have 21 oh, pairs of yeah. trainers of all different types because... Uh, very clearly trying to fill up, fill up, fill up a, a hole, the shape, a spiritual hole, the shape of uh, two feet in my heart. Uh, but yeah, that first purchase, this because, because for me, it was just, it was meant so much. It was like, just, I can have, I can have something that I've earned mm. and mm. the allure of doing something illegal to obtain trainers was always ubiquitous when I was growing up, whether it of was course. knowing someone who could get you a discount or knowing someone who could steal trainers for you, or literally people stealing people's trainers, which didn't necessarily occur to me, or where people would do credit card scams or do like bank fraud in order to have the finances to buy it. It was kind of like, it was just a, a lesson in persistence and mm. uh, humility. And I basically just was like, if you just wait and you earn and you can have it and then no one can take it away from you. And mm. so it was my first example of just learning to have restraint and discipline and be able to enjoy the intrinsic reward of earning something. And so mm. I think psychologically that's probably affected me now where it's like I'm aware, for, at least from a materialistic perspective, that the stuff I have, I earned myself. So when people are like, why do you do this? I'm like, how fucking dare you? I did it myself. <laughs> so there's, I do have a complex about it because I was always raised with ideas like, you know, it's like, it's like you shouldn't even say to people I want. If you want something, then you should go and get it yourself. If you are behind, hmm. like you dependent on somebody else's generosity, you should say I would like. And so that's kind of the thing I kind of brought up with and just like, if you want something, you have to go and get it. And, I, and I've, internalize that maxim so much that like i think even sometimes when people tell me they've got credit card debt i tend to look down on them because i'm like what the fuck do you spend it for if you didn't have it mm. um mm. i want to be more aware of uh financial iniquity and uh you know yeah. the structure of our society nowadays now but at the time those trainers meant everything and, and like i said that, that reward was meant so much that you know it, yeah i think it's kept me from ever having a temptation to get like an egg card or a payday loan yeah. or an overdraft yeah or a credit card yeah. to cover costs and stuff. And, um, you know, I, I think even now to this day, I've, I haven't lost edit. When I used to go to the fringe, I never used to lose money. I never used to have people front the money for me. It would always be myself because it's like, 
you're in control because yeah, I never want to have to depend on anybody else for anything. Good way to do it. And now you're in podcasting, so you're making a fortune, mate. So it's all good. Breaking it in, mate. Thank God. But but what a, what a, a good mixer. We had a Nintendo 64 for me, trainers from Dane, and a pencil case from you, Tom. So I, we got into our childhood there. Does this feel like it's sticking to the okay, kind of a, 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 you know endorsing the, the the toaster brand in this episode as much as we could, Tom? Oh yeah, absolutely. Reading masses and masses into things we've bought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of yeah, portraying yeah. entire life stories through one object that is exactly what we do on toaster pod yes i'm glad we i'm glad we've stuck with it and kept mm. the the dane baptiste questions everything yes brand are you answering and, the um, questions over- of life do you feel that's happening as well i think we're getting oh, there definitely. i think yeah, we're slowly yeah, yeah. getting yeah. there i mean these possessions are such uh, how we define our existence by so we're all working we're all working adroitly to get to the crux of what makes us human beings yes. and what makes us uh purchasers. yes it's working works working great yes things. so it's over to dane for the final question of this very, very special comic relief mashup podcast. Absolutely. As this wonderful marriage of consumerism and as existentialism continues, my question, I think, <laughs> hopefully, would be quite simple in that, obviously, people like stuff. People like to buy stuff, get stuff, receive stuff, sometimes sell stuff. But it's just stuff. So my question is to you, Tom, and everybody, if money is not an object and you could just have one material possession to last you your whole life from Amazon, what would it be? You've got to trade everything else, but it's one thing you can have. And the money's not an object, but you can have anything material, so you can't have any sentient being or any yeah, living creature, but anything, mm. and you can trade it all for this one thing. Oh, this is like a mm. desert island object. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be an object. can't be a person. Okay, maybe yeah. it's from Amazon, I- so you've got to trade all your other stuff, yeah. and it's... And let's just and just to maybe extend it, it's like it's the don't make it harder. Yeah, it, 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 it's <laughs> only thing you're allowed to buy from Amazon ever again. Um, fuck, money's not an object, so you can get whatever you want. Okay. okay, I mean, I've got a nine-month-old child, and nappies is the first thing that came to my <laughs> mind, but probably probably won't be needed forever, so I probably won't suggest that. Um, uh, yeah, it's interesting because I think there's. But, you know, as I've said before, there's a lot of things I just don't give a fuck about, really. But, you know, I probably would survive without lip balm for the rest of my life. I don't know. Uh, it, mm. It's not kind of vital. It's not a vital purchase. I So, there's two answers that spring to mind. One is a bit of a cop-out. Can I just can I very quickly do the cop-out answer and you can eliminate that? Yeah. It, it it would be I really love I really love reading so it would just be like a Kindle but that's a bit like saying on oh, my iPhone then I could just look at everything forever and ever so that's a bit of a shit answer but that is what springs to mind just one object would be a Kindle loaded up with ridic- a ridiculous amount of stuff like because what's crazy about the nature of these devices these digital devices is that you can put on three lifetimes worth of content in onto yeah. a physical object uh, the size of my thumb you know like it's insane so so I'd probably say Kindle however based on something which imprinted on me when I was very young and I watched uh, The Great Escape and there's a scene where Steve McQueen uh, gets into his prison cell and he's got his base, he's got his uh, glove, he's got a, uh, he's got his glove and a baseball and he throws, you know this, this, this scene where he's throwing the baseball against mm. the wall and it's bouncing backwards and forwards. I think oh, yeah. nothing makes me happier and this, this reminds me however much, however much I uh, prettify my brain with culture and family and thoughts and and films and all these things uh, the th- boils down to the fact that I'm still a ten year old boy with a ball throwing <laughs> it against a wall. As long as I've got a ball, uh, nothing's going to go wrong. 
A tennis ball is the answer to your question, Dane. A tennis ball. <laughs> cool. It's just a tennis ball. That's all Tom needs from Amazon for the rest of his life. Just a tennis ball. That's all I need. I, I, sometimes I'd throw it. Sometimes I'd throw it really high in the air and I'd catch it. Sometimes I'd bounce it on the floor. Sometimes I'd try and do keepy uppies with it. You, you can't tell me nice. that you're not going to be happy. Just have the, the a ball. That's all you need. If you've got a ball, you'll never be bored again. Yeah, keep yeah. it going. You can, if you, you know, guard dogs yeah. like football, so you can throw throw them after those. You know, so I get it. Yeah, I get it. You could learn. Yeah, well, you could that... learn tricks. Do it for cash. There you go. Yeah. Keep you sane. I mean, I hope that my television will keep working for the rest of my life, uh, my <laughs> shitty little bedroom TV, and therefore I won't ever have to, you know, buy another television. Um, so I'm not going to say TV, but I'm actually going to say something really practical and boring, uh, which is just a life, a lifetime supply of uh, dishwasher tablets. Because um, I cannot be. I tell you what, I, you know, you, the Western world makes you kind of take shit for granted, right? So, like mm-hmm. um, cooking oil, for instance, like you completely take for granted that you have cooking oil. And if you were in a part of the world where cooking oil was in short supply, you would massively appreciate your cooking oil, be it olive or vegetable, mm-hmm. uh, sunflower, or also oh, nut. Yeah. nut. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> um, but I think the one thing in Western society that we definitely did right was dishwashers because mm. I cannot be fucked with washing up my shit. It is, you know, particularly after, it's like a, you're paying a price for eating a meal. You're, you're paying a price for the enjoyable thing. I really enjoyed eating that food. Yeah. Really? Well, you now you've got to suffer yeah. and clear up all your shit. And um, on that basis, I will forever, forever love my dishwasher. Mm. And uh, when it breaks down, have you had, had, you, had your dishwasher break down and you, for those few days or week, you've got to fucking deal Broken. with washing up again? Yeah, 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 it's, yeah. Just, it's, it's just rotten. It's a proper sign of growing older when you get a dishwasher. It's a proper sign that you've, your life is going well for you when you can just put your... Cheers, you mate. Can, yeah, well no. done. I've always thought that about you, Howard, for the hour that I've known you. When you can put objects into a box and the objects come out as good as new, that is, that's magic. That's magic. And also, yeah, also if you put in uh, salmon in tin foil into a uh, dishwasher on, on a high heat, you can also cook yourself salmon uh, in a dishwasher as well. Do you know that? No, he didn't. Think. So what you're saying is how, how you, you would never have to leave the dishwasher, just pull the tray out and just have your dinner there. Yeah. Yeah. Straight in there. <laughs> you could, there you exactly. In there. <laughs> you could climb onto the open uh, door of the dishwasher. Put a clove of garlic in there with the uh, tablet and then you've got and some creamy mash as well. Right. Mm. Right. The, the salmon. You go, you see. This sounds like a TV show. We should go and pitch this. Dishwasher meals. Dishwasher uh, I'm meals. I'm sure it could work. I'm probably with a dishwasher, but... Um, yeah, so so dishwasher tablets is where I'm going after we had a lovely idea of a tennis ball uh, from Tom, and uh, and I feel like mine will will you know I'll be very happy with that. That will, that will solve a problem for me for life. If money is no object, yeah. this is the material. <laughs> money is no object. <laughs> a tennis ball. <laughs> a material thing that you'd want, but I get it. I dig it. Um, yeah. I guess I was torn between one of three things, uh, either a all wavelength radio, like an omni signal radio. Good, mm. good. Yeah. Oh, slash TV. Uh, but I'd say probably radio. And then like one that can pick up on everything like in because in, I think there's an app where you can pick up on all uh you can pick up all radio stations that are listed in the world. Oh it's um it's unbelievable. I just I recently got it on my yeah. uh on my Apple Watch 
and I've got yeah. I've got an Apple Watch that I don't need my phone with me. So I go out and I open this app on my on my watch, and I can literally get any radio station on planet Earth. It's mind boggling. Yeah. So that was, I would pick that at first because I feel like if you have a radio that picks up every and anywhere I go that picks up any signal, it means I can always find that the immediate zeitgeist of the surrounding population, no matter where I go. Yes. So, That'd be good. Yeah, that, is- uh, mm. that as well. I saw this thing, and I'm not sure if they're available for commercial use yet. But it's like a tube, which is just like a water, a water purifier, a portable one. So again, mm. that's what my travels are. As long as I find the water source, I'll always be able to have uh, fresh and drinkable water. I'd say rather than super fresh. Yeah, but it's not um, as important nice. as a tennis ball, is it, mate? Come on. I trade your tennis ball for some water. I'd say. Mm. You know, if you if you're well hydrated, it's easy for you to go and pick up a ball. Is what I mean. Mm. Uh, tennis ball is still pretty good though yeah but, yeah, I have to, but, you, but you know uh, tennis ball is important for maintaining your sanity but I'm just trying to stay alive first before I go insane so that's yeah. why I go for the, the water well you could obviously thing. you could draw a face on your tennis ball as well to keep you sane and just talk to it that's true that is right. true that's true but then with water you can plant something and then grow a friend <laughs> grow a yeah. friend if, you, if anyone listening out there feels they like don't have any mates you could always grow a friend it's true man you just grow a, friend. grow a friend and plants talk back to you people they have their whole secret life yeah. um i like the idea you said as well about the the fully stocked um fully fully optimized kindle i like that as well mm. i think I, I went for the radio so i'd say maybe a swiss army knife oh like the new yeah. army knife like i feel like you know if i was like in the forest and stuff it's like but like not everything's quite violent, so like it'd have new stuff like a Swiss Army knife with like a strobe light. So I don't necessarily have to kill animals, just scare the shit out of them. And then maybe have like a little flamethrower, uh yeah. some kind of uh master key to that should be a thing. There should be like a short wave broadband router built into Swiss Army knives now. Yes. So even though like I don't have to steal people's Wi-Fi necessarily, but if there's like a local uh, area network, I should be able to access that for like, you know, army reasons. Not just the Swiss, but like other armies too. Yeah. Like a new thing. Yeah. I do. That helps me filtrate water, or I can like cut road, <laughs> or, um, you know. You've really, you've really improved on the Swiss army knife thing because the Swiss army knife, actually, when you get it, it you know, it, you realise this, this is the knife of an army of a country that has remained neutral in every major conflict. Neutral, yeah, definitely. That is why, definitely. because their biggest weapon is a Swiss army. Not Like, it makes perfect sense. But you've managed to yeah. stretch that. Yeah, out. little, like, rib- ribbon. If anyone that's got, like, you, has a weapon, which includes ribbon scissors <laughs> and a nail file, has not really seen the horrors of war. So I, I totally get it. So this would be, I shouldn't really say a Swiss army knife, but like a, a new army knife. Mm. But, but then, you know, again, it's not the same application. So it's like, it's a knife which can like tell you the purity of drugs straight away. So like one thing is like how pure is this Coke or how strong is this coffee? You take that straight away. It's quite or, the future you're portraying for yourself there, Dane. Uh, kind of kind of scarface yeah, drug lord. It's an object like Elon Musk can be working on this right now, and so yeah, that's mm. no, fair point. I, so I, could, I would I would use that, I suppose. Um, so so just going back through the list of what would be on our Amazon shopping list from this entire episode, we have uh, Swiss Army Nice radios, dishwasher tablets, tennis balls, Nike Air Max 97s, pencil cases, N64s, USB port adapters, um, old shitty TVs and a really old broken rocking chair. Uh, that is uh, everything that we have covered in yeah. this uh, mashed up episode of, uh, of these two podcasts. Imagine all those things being delivered to your door at once. 
You don't have to. Just listen to the podcast. That's it. Perfect. Save save you some trouble, ladies and gentlemen. And you know, <laughs> let's say you have a rocking chair that you no longer need. Tom needs one, so send one to him. Howard too for his bedroom by himself. <laughs> and you know, if anybody has some brand new box fresh Air Max ninety sevens, which are mm. with a mainly white colorway, because that's what I'm into. Then feel free to send those along, guys. I'd be very grateful. Air Max ones are also welcome too. <laughs> So there you go. That's been the first and... I mean, the first of a new series, Dane, or the first and only, guys? First and... I'd say the first of a series, you know, the first of a... Be- and, and just, you know, a different incarnation of our wonderful friendship. There you go. Beautiful. That was Toaster Questions Everything. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And right now, don't forget, your donation has got the power to take action against domestic abuse, help reduce mental health stigma, provide safety to families who need support, and help to give children the best start in life. Absolutely. You have the power to do something. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. As soon as you question your reality, that is when you have the power to change it. So please do something incredible this Red Nose Day. Please, if you're able, give now to comicrelief.com forward slash podcast mashup or text comic to 70205 to give £5 now. To donate £5, text the word COMIC to 70205. Text costs your donation amount plus your standard network message charge and 100% of your donation will go to COMIC Relief, a registered charity. You must be in 16 or over and please ask the bill payers permission for full terms and conditions. Visit comicrelief.com forward slash podcast mashup. Thanks for listening, guys. That's been this very unique episode of Toaster Questions Everything. <laughs> it's been fun. Thank you, guys. That was really good fun. That was it's great. been a lot of fun. After going through some difficult times with his health, Barry found himself feeling lonely and isolated. He joined the Inverclyde Shed Workshop to practice his woodwork skills, but ended up finding so much more. I was in a pretty dark place. I went into a kind of no man's land. I kind of lost myself. One day it was suggested that I come up and uh, and see the shed. And the welcome I got was just second to none. A lot of the men who come here uh, have been pretty battered around in their lives. And men do not like sharing that sort of stuff. They don't open up easily, they just carry it. Uh, But when they come here, they get the opportunity, if they want, to open up and talk. That's, That's why this place is so important. With Comic Relief funding, the Inverclyde Shed provides tools, workshop facilities, and creative activities for people to come together to learn skills and share ideas. This sense of community helps reduce isolation and contributes to the mental well-being of its members. Barry regularly meets with friends from the shed for socially distance walks, and he's helped to set up an online carving club, which he leads via Zoom. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.